Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. New week, new us, just a day late and a few dollars short. But what person our age is it these days, am I right? Damn right. Playmakers Plus Edition for most of this week, I believe. And that's all right, because sometimes there's just too much to handle for regular terrestrial radio. Lindsey Brown is my name, and across the glass for me is... Adrian Hernandez. And uh, we're the Playmakers. We're going to be here each and every day this week, 3 to 5 p.m., just in case you forgot. I'm sure nobody has, because we just have the most... Uh, dedicated fans here of the Playmakers because we don't just talk sports. We talk about other things. And so we're an eclectic mix of personalities, and apparently that's attractive. Exactly. You know, this this little engine that could, you know, like Thomas the Train. Mm. We're growing, you know what I'm saying? And uh, for, for clarification uh, for everybody, so today, tomorrow, Playmakers Plus, uh, the Dodgers are playing at Cincinnati, which means they got an early start time. Thursday, Dodgers off day, which means we'll be on 1140 The Bet. And then Friday, they're in Atlanta, and the pregame starts at 3. So, basically, your Odyssey app is where you're going to find us for sure for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's a good place to just start and stop because, you know, it, it's just that's why it's there for the times that we have inconsistencies because we have to make sure that we provide the content that people swear by, that they live their lives by, maybe dependent their lives on. Well, I hope not for us, but hey, we're still going to be here to provide that for you. True and, and, you know, in content, just like all the streaming apps, we give you options. Because the Dodgers right now, they're actually tied in the NL West with the Padres. What the hell? So all Why these do games, we even show up? <laughs> Yo, it's it's, it's a supposed contentious. to be domination. What well, kind of is, it's just that they're both really good teams with 40-plus wins. So, not you as know. nearly much chatter about the dads this year as it was last summer. What do you mean about the dads? The dads, the Padres. Oh, yes. Well, it's because you know, Tatis is hurt. And yeah. then Man- actually Manny Machado over the weekend sprained his ankle. So he'll be out a couple days. How long days. is Tatis out for? He should be back after what the All Star break. He was break. on a motorcycle. Motorcycle. Right? And he got, yeah, and he crashed, you know, a self, self involved crash, if I believe correctly. Also, the San Francisco Giants are three and a half games back. They're this a good NL team as well. West is. Jam packed base, Lindsay. Lindsay, let's be clear. West Coast, best coast. It's I, it's highly contested in, in multiple sports. Should I say it to just start off the week? Why not, Lindsay? 
baseball might be back. Oh, God. It might be back. You have one Yankees question for Trista Crick, and all of a sudden you're high on whatever fumes they muddy the balls with, which is out of a river in New Jersey, which, like, a family literally digs this mud out of the river in New Jersey. They're the only people that know that it's there. And literally, the state of Major League Baseball depends on it. Uh, kind of weird because that report just came out a few hours ago. They had to send out another f- clarification on how to handle the balls at each stadium. We're in the middle of a season, and this is the fifth time they've gone back and forth. Let's have some consistency. Like, do we want home runs or do we want low-scoring games? Whichever way, let's pick so that we don't have to keep flip-flopping and get the players all mad. And yeah. I saw an umpire make one of a reliever came out, and he struck out the side. And the umpire literally made Substance this reliever. Check. Yeah, he took out his wedding his wedding ring. He's like, I need to see that. Jesus, it's great. No, but you're, listen, you're a Twins fan, right? Yeah, you guys have been in first place most of the year, thirty eight and thirty. All right, pretty good season. Oh, we're a regular season show offs. So that's what we are. They play my Guardians tonight. My Guardians are one game behind you guys. Battle the, lines have been drawn. It, it has been drawn, and nothing like a pennant race. On yeah. June 21st. Exactly, in June. You better, you better get this started, man. <laughs> yep, you're home for baseball, 1140, the bet, the biggest of fans. I mean, I want a state championship or two back in my day when I was playing softball. You could you say know. that we cover the bags. Well, you're talking about handling the balls. We cover the bags, we handle the balls, we do all of these things. How was uh, how was the softball career? Was it fun? It was, it was until I got to high school and then they were trying to like make me pitch out my arm. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try golf, and that worked out a lot better for me. That's intense. We had a we had a girl at our school who who ended up playing Division One. Uh, her family and her little sister still in the same school. The Rivera's super dominating, but that schedule and that travel league life and all that it's not uh, <sighs> dissimilar from the hockey or yeah. the or basketball or anything. It's the professionalization of youth sports. One of the themes we constantly explore and unravel here on the Playmakers. But we're uh, we do a whole hell of a lot more than that as well. Uh, we get into basketball, but now we're in an off-season mode, at least with the NBA. So we we kind of had a, a little bit of a mixed bag with Trista Crick. We're talking, you know, which teams need to make some moves this week because it's the draft this week, right? Yes, this Thursday. Right. And then summer league's coming up, and then, you know, we're going to snap our fingers, and all of a sudden it's going to be preseason schedule. Yeah. And so And the week after, th- so on the 30th, so not this Thursday, Next Thursday is when free agency opens up. Yeah. So NBA is like syncing up their calendar like the NFL. Every something for every week. Well, and and the thing that like really made its push, like especially in the mid two thousand tens, like with that DeAndre Jordan incident. Some Dude, of the, the 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 tweet fire and getting on the plane, <laughs> and we're gonna lock him in his own house in Houston the whole bit. And the airplane tracking for yeah. owners and everything. That was a it, fun day. That it, man was fun then. I know, but I just I love the theatrics and the drama, and like to me. Yeah, some people could be like, ah, I just want to see them play, and I just want to make sure that it's not the Warriors and Cavs in the finals or these same two teams. To me, the drama and everything surrounding it is just, it's fantastic. It's why people, it's why Trista used to have a podcast. It's Heat Check now, but it used to be called This League. Because oh, really? this league is insane. And by the way, you Trista Crick historian over yeah, there. Yeah, you know, like, how'd you know, know that? Where'd you find that out? I mean, I'd be, I'd be, you know, you be I go Googling? through, I, I go through podcasts in the NBA. I try to That's check true. it out, try to get a, you tweet a different at people pers- that you listen to their podcast of too. Yeah, I try to show support because we, we got to hang in there. You know, it's a grind to make this content consistently. And now that one of these podcasters won an NBA finals mm. with Draymond Green, mm, Lindsay, one of us, one of us, we're a part of. New media. Yep. So we can do it, Linz. We, we can, are absolutely part of the new media. We are umbrella. the new media. 100%. We don't take uh, really. We don't take phone calls. 
nobody talks to us. So we just talk to ourselves and we come up with our own opinions and then we try to hold a mirror up to ourselves in society and, and discuss henceforth. Well, verbally, they don't talk to us, but please rest assured the Bet Las Vegas on Twitter. You can always hit us up on Twitter and let Correct. us know. Plus, Adrian Radio 93. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Lindsey Brown 35. So all of our hot takes. Yeah. You know, Lindsey was the first person to say, hey, Bruce Cassidy would look pretty good as our head coach from yeah. BGK. And, and look what happened. So I rest my case. Yep. Let's just say our pattern recognition is off the freaking charts. But that's what neurodivergence will do for you. Uh, probably wouldn't have helped me out if I would have waded into the waters of the cryptocurrency, but the bros that have descended into that world, I think they're having a tough time, and we're going to absolutely dance on the graves of that today. Um, to America's, because it's Tuesday. Unfortunately, we didn't have a show yesterday, so we're going to have to skip Mez Cutty Monday. Very sad for me. He's going on tour. Stop it. He is. I got is bad he news, here? though. He's not coming to Vegas. How close? He Phoenix and L.A. So but it's it's yeah, I LA's believe it's expensive. September. We're going. August August 23rd, 25th Stop area. Stop it. Middle of the week. I have to see him. I have not I haven't seen him yet. Like he's he's on the, he's on the list. Um as I mentioned, two Americas. Talk about Kyrie Irving and his own uh self-stirring stew and uh anything we missed this weekend. It's a quick 2 hours, it's a fun 2 hours hopefully and an, an informative one at that. But certainly a reflective two hours. And so that's why for our can opener today, it's almost like a two Americas light. So let's do it. It's time for the can opener. Because there's a lot of things to kind of like think about and see your part in or see how you've benefited from from certain things happening. Because over the weekend, yesterday actually, I watched the entirety of the Dream On docuseries, the 30 for 30, where they cover it's all like they had 500 hours of footage shot Mm. during the 1996 olympic women's basketball team and i mean that like that was the culmination it was also the year prior where they had all uh basically banded together and trained together for a year because the last two olympics they didn't get a gold medal in it and because they would call all the gal pals in like three or four weeks before all right bring it in we're gonna go to the olympics and then we'll show up and we'll just dominate it wasn't happening it wasn't happening and so Tara Vandeveer, who's the head coach at, at Stanford, um, and 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 um, Lindy LaRock, head coach of UNLV, used to coach with her and play for her over at Stanford. She was the head coach of that 1996 uh, Olympic basketball team. And as someone, as a woman in this industry, as as a woman who grew up in sports, like I always knew uh, that of the shoulders that I stood on, but you weren't necessarily familiar with the the details of it and exactly what these women had to go through because the it's a three-part documentary series and I encourage everybody to watch it just like for historical context but I I wrote this down I wrote a few things down about it the cost of untapped potential how much does it take to prove worthiness the pressure of being the ones to prove worthiness because that is exactly what that team was fielded for because after they had the lack of success in um, the previous two Olympics and World Championships where they're losing to Australia and stuff like that, this is before the WNBA. But the NBA recognizes that there might be a market here. And so they, they throw their weight behind the full-year program where all of a sudden we have a national team development program there. We, we're going to be the marketing, the, the PR stuff. They're going to be behind all of that. And they go on this huge tour of like 60 games crisscross applesaucing across this country and the world like they played in Russia in like negative 20 degrees in January and they ain't flying first class people they still aren't they still aren't 
And I was just like sitting there and and listening to the testimonies of of you know Lisa Leslie and and you have your 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 Rebecca Lobos and you have and and your um who's head coach of South Carolina Don Staley Don Staley's and just so many women that have meant so much to the after and what they were they called themselves guinea pigs several times and what they were essentially there to do was to see and prove if women were worth investing in as a professional basketball league because their success they they had to win the gold medal like they, they had the introduction conference for the olympic team or for even tara vanderveer be like this is the expectation right let's talk about american idealism let's talk about american exceptionalism actually and how much was riding on these women because without that overwhelming success without a gold medal without them playing their best game in a year in that gold medal game against the Australians. I don't know if the WNBA is here. And if the WNBA isn't here, where where are people like me? I know I'm not a I'm not a basketball player, but I absolutely benefit from what they did. Right? Just like how in the 1998 Olympics in Nagano when that was the first time they had uh, women's hockey and and we gold medaled in that. And and what that does because without that I don't think we get there in terms of the actual business, and I don't think, more importantly, we get there in terms of the public consciousness. And as you said, we still ain't there yet. And I just, I just want to clear some things up. Number one, we're talking about the 1996 mm-hmm. team. That wasn't that long ago. And like you said, the I was w- four years old. Yeah, I, I was three, and, and the WNBA wasn't here. So this is how short of a time period. Like, we're not talking about – the the biggest in the big scheme of things this is only uh, 20 20 plus years of, that that all these changes and stuff has made and some of these improvements and we trust me we've talked about it at nauseum we still have plenty of ways to go mm-hmm. in so many different aspects and the other thing i want to mention too is that this team went on a 60 win run Correct. 60 Perfect. and 0. Perfection. 60 and 0. And that's what's scary, Adrian, honestly. Because I sometimes struggle with self-worth. I think we all have struggles with self-worth, but like certain subsets of our populations are told by the society that they aren't worth as much as, you know, white guy. White guy. Because that's what it is. That's what the patriarchy is. That's what that's what we're talking about. And just the adversities that these women had to go through. And then the knowing of the adversities. Because they they mentioned, do you think there's the NBA guys are sharing rooms on the road in Russia? You think they're flying coach? You think they're 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 getting the the same budgetary um considerations and just being like, we gotta deal with it. Because and 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 that discipline that that takes to be the tip of the spear. Like, I could not recommend this docuseries more. And just of how hard it was. Because it's not just the outside stuff where you're, it's the travel, it's the grueling schedule. It's the fact that a lot of these women were gay and they couldn't be upfront about it because we, we're trying to cater to the male audience. Because yeah. we know that the gay people and the lesbians are going to show up. So we're going to, we got to cater to the male audience. How we do that? Well, we're going to take you shopping at these stores and we're going we're gonna to do the photo shoots this way and we're going to have you ask the questions this way. And what that does to the individual. But when you're the tip of the spear, and you have that understanding of what you are, what your purpose is, and how willing all of them were because they knew their significance. They knew their place. They knew the influence that they could have. 
and also the consequences of their failure. I could not imagine the amount of pressure, in addition to playing for Tara Vanderveer, who was painted as the true authoritarian coach, where I, I mental games, I'm pushing you because that's what it's needed to get greatness out of great players. And that's what they said. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a player's coach. I'm a great player's coach. And that is absolute hell on earth. I've been part of those, I've been yeah. part of those teams. It is absolute hell on earth. But ultimately, the right people, if you have the right people in that room, they will become sharpened by it. They respond and, to it. And and they band together. Like I was talking about with the Cassidy thing about like the, the Herb Brooks mentality of making everybody else hate the coach so you have to rely on each other. Like Rebecca Lobo, who's the youngest person on that team, who's compared to the Christian Leitner of, of I'm just out of college. I don't really I'm not really up to the same speed as everybody else, and how isolated she was until Tara Vanderveer went into like USA Today or New York Times and was saying, you know what, we might have to bring some new talent in here because they're if you're the youngest one, if you're the if you're not doing this and you're not getting it done, we might have to get some fresh blood in there. And th- like before that, she was completely ostracized from the team because they felt like she didn't belong. But then once that happened, coach, that's totally uncalled for. And they said, well, if they're gonna kick her out, if they're gonna if they're gonna bring in somebody else, we've been through hell together. So if you're gonna kick one of us out, you might as well get rid of all of us. And what that does. And, and I was just, I was so inspired by it. Um, and as, as we mentioned, how little has changed to kind of just illustrate uh, where we are. Brittany Griner's still in Russia, right? There's a reason why she has to go to Russia to play overseas, right? Because it's not sustainable to work here in the WNBA and, and, and make that money. 123 days, 123 by the way. 123 days. She was scheduled to have a call with her wife, Sherelle, this past Saturday, fourth anniversary. They haven't spoken since Brittany has been detained. Remember, she had like hashish oil or something like that. We know why she's being detained, and we know how Russia feels about gay people. And so this call was going to be routed through the American embassy in Russia, and it was going to be all set up. It was going to be great. I mean, I, can you imagine what what her wife must be feeling just go, going through all of this and, and her being you know unlawfully detained and trying to get the, uh, the U.S. government to help this out and all and the NBA, the WNBA, all this stuff. The call never came. Apparently, Brittany tried 11 times to call through the embassy, the number that she was given, and no one picked up because that particular desk was not staffed. And I know there's... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's a, it's a, it's a clerical error. But, and, and I, um, Cheryl, uh, her wife even went out and said, like, I have no faith in this government. I have no, like, if you can't get this phone call figured out, how the hell are you going to be able to manage to get my wife back? And there's absolutely credence to be said there. There's nothing you could say. There's nothing no, you could say There's in really response. nothing you could say, but then you can just see how easy it is for something to be completely understaffed, right? Because at the end of the day, the embassy isn't 100% focused on Brittany Griner, and that's, a, no, the embassy shouldn't be focused 100% on any person. But do you think if, say, like, Kyrie Irving was being detained over there. You think this would happen? Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Highly I think, doubt he, I think his ass happen. would be back here. I think he'd already be back here. <laughs> Not only that, but like the attention yes. that Brittany Griner has, has, has governed with this whole situation. Yes. Rightfully so. It's unfathomable that this could happen. Yeah. And the problem was compounded by staffing limitations at the embassy, and, and, and there was, it was supposed to go through this desk, and it went through a temp, uh, temp desk instead and all that other crap. But that doesn't matter, all of that, because at the end of the day, this was supposed to be like the most simple connection and failure. 
And we get, I feel like we've had such a theme of that in, in our, when it comes to our government, when it comes to our society of just like falling short in the easiest way possible. And so, like I said, I, I highly encourage you to go watch the Dream On docuseries. I highly encourage you to stay up to date with the Grinder situation and really take a look at what what's profitable in this culture and who is garnering that investment and how tough that is and the standards in which we hold people to to prove that they're worthy of that investment. Trista Crick on the other side of the break, 1140 The Bet. Yeah, sports, but mostly other things. The Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Welcome back to the show. The Warriors are champions. Boston is super sad. Clay is super drunk. And the draft is a few days away. So, on the line is the host of BetMGM tonight and Odyssey Sports betting insider Trista Crick. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. And also, be sure to check out Trista's NBA podcast, Heat Check. Also available wherever you find your podcast. Greetings and salutations, Trista Crick. How is that days old NBA offseason treating you so far? It's busy already, man. I'm listening to people talk about multiple trades happening. I'm hearing Memphis wants the number four pick. For what reason? I don't know. I'm hearing OKC wants number four. For this to be a three team draft, which we heard that pretty much ever since the final four has been completed, right? There's a lot of teams that want that number four spot. For it not to be coveted and for Sacramento to kind of boohoo having it, a lot of teams trying to get it. Maybe they're inspired by the greatness of Kale McCarr because that's where he was selected by the Colorado Avalanche. But we're not here to talk about hockey. Uh, in your mind, who has the most to figure out uh, with a lot on the line this NBA offseason? As you're mentioning, a lot of teams that are interested in that very, very uh, special pick. Oh, that's a great question. I think number one is probably... Probably the Portland Trailblazers are, are one of my number ones just because you're talking about a team that says they're going to rebuild right away around Dame to become a contender right away. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen. Um, so, And they've got the seventh pick in the draft. I'm not gonna, there's a lot of teams that have a lot to figure out and a lot of expectations, but they're not picking high in the draft enough for the draft to really matter. That's where free agency will come. So I think the Blazers being one of the teams that's going to try to parlay that number seven pick into and maybe some other assets into what I've heard is John Collins and OG Ananobi, I think that that's like an immediate impact situation there. Uh, I, I also think um, that the Pelicans are really interesting because they're still on the move and on the rise, and they've got an early pick of the Lakers that's, their, so, that's theirs as well. Um, but other than that, like, you're talking about a bunch of teams that are kind of like in no rush to rebuild. Do you know what I'm saying? You've got the Kings, you've got the Pistons, you've got the Magic, you've got the Thunder, you've got the Rockets. Obviously, Bradley Beal's got a free agency decision to make. If anyone believes him that his decision is based on winning and winning alone, then and he ends up in the Wizards organization still in the free agency and signs that massive deal, like, there's no way that the Wizards are ever going to build a contender around him. I think that's pretty obvious. So do they have a lot to prove in order of, okay, we've done this for you, Bradley Beal, to convince you to stick around and hang on? Maybe. Um, but I don't see that happening. 
You mentioned teams that might not have the draft capital to really address their needs. I think we could probably put the Celtics in that camp, and I know that Bradley Beal is a name that's been attached to it and, and just free agency. But how do they scheme this? Because I, I don't think you want to take Marcus Smart off the floor, but they need to have that playmaking ability, that that point guard that they were missing with all of those turnovers. Do you think that's a, that, that's a shift that needs to be made, or is it more just finding a diamond in the rough? You know what I thought about, and I don't even know why I came up with this, but – I could see them taking Colin Gillespie from Villanova. I could see him going in the second round. Let's look and see what they're when the first time that they'll get a draft pick is. They'll have they'll be at fifty three. Their first pick is at fifty three. I could easily see him being there. He's a really good playmaker. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's pretty tough. He can play defense in the style that the Celtics want him to play, and he can hit threes. He's a very consistent good three point shooter, and he'll be there when they're going to be drafted, right? Like, Or they can try to go after somebody like Tyus Jones, who isn't probably going to command that much money. And the only issue for Tyus is that Tyus wants to be a starter, which is why he wants to leave Memphis. And let's be honest, Marcus Smart's going to start. You have to get somebody to buy in to say, okay, against certain matchups and certain lineups that switch everything, we need to have somebody who can hold on to the ball and have a really high assist-to-turnover ratio. And – Finding that in the draft when you only draft 53 is going to be hard. Finding that in free agency is going to be interesting. I don't think that they move a ton of players around. I do. I can see Peyton Pritchard maybe getting traded away and maybe some other pieces to find that secondary ball handler that you need in times where you play somebody like the Warriors, if that makes sense. And on the flip side, speaking of the Warriors, and just based on your tweets, which, by the way, you can follow Trista at Trista underscore Crick. What a pro. You seem like you're all in on the 2023 futures for the Warriors. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. Awesome. Well, then that's good to know. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then also when it comes to this draft, and it's something that we've talked about all throughout, um, all throughout the year, you know, whether it's the Warriors with their homegrown talent, hell, even Boston, the Grizzlies, Cavs, Minnesota, to name a few, um, that have fostered and kind of tried to build their core through the draft, which is the opposite of the big three mentality. Is that going to be like, is there a renewed importance on the draft throughout the league uh, this upcoming year in this draft here on Thursday? I mean, we're seeing that scouting, if you guys watch Hustle, you kind of got a little bit of a <laughs> insight behind the curtain on, you know, how people who are, how guys who are highly skilled or deserve a shot can get buried right? Owners are arrogant. They've got certain players that they like, whether those are domestic players or overseas players with big red flags or huge green flags that they either want to ignore positively or ignore negatively, right? So finding organizations where they have trust in their scouting department, and that all comes from ownership, is imperative. That's why Charlotte has been so bad at drafting, because Michael Jordan has his fingers all over the process, can't keep his hands out of the cookie jar. And so he ends up taking book night, even though everybody knew or all the people inside, because I had no idea that book night would be a project, but a lot of people on the inside of the NBA said in their evaluation process, the book night flipped for a reason. So that's kind of what's the most important is that there's going to be organizations still that do their homework and their owners allow them to have the agency to choose who they think is right. And then there's others who are going to consistently make bad moves because ownership is involved. And uh, Jordan simplified explanation, but 
that's one one thing. And Jordan can't keep a coach to stay on his team. Uh, anyway, moving on. The male and, ego is undefeated. <laughs> and you, you brought up the Blazers earlier, um, and I talked to your friend Jake Fisher, who's been on your podcast, which, by the way, you can get on the Odyssey app, Proud. NBA Heat Check. Um, and, and he talked Jake about how, awesome. how yeah, uh, Damian Lillard wanted to keep or wanted DeAndre Ayton on his wish list or has him on his wish list, but the Blazers want to keep Nurkic at the starting center. And when it comes to DeAndre Ayton just overall, because it's something that we haven't talked about, I thought that was the most fascinating thing that happened in the playoffs, which was Game 7, only playing 17, 16 minutes, getting into an argument with Monty Williams. Like, what do you make of all of that? First and foremost, I'm pretty sure that the majority or at least the star players on the Suns, and this has been reported now, had COVID in Game 7. They were playing winded and playing, getting their asses handed to them from the Mavericks because a couple of guys, especially the key guys, were playing with COVID. So how that translates to getting their ass whooped is kind of like that's the number one factor for me that feels like why the Suns ended up getting rolled. They looked vulnerable. Chris Paul didn't look great in the postseason at times, and other times he looked absolutely electric and one of the best players on the floor. But DeAndre Ayton to me feels like a guy who's been patient with his money. He's been playing a role that's lesser than he is capable of playing and has been the good soldier. And yet for whatever reason, Phoenix has kind of been messing around in terms of paying him in terms of having him be a key piece. And then there's another camp that says that DeAndre Ayton is somewhat lazy. There's another camp that says that, you know, D book and, Chris Paul were the the fire that they lit under Ayton, uh, DeAndre Ayton and that if he were to go somewhere else, he wouldn't have nearly as much intensity and, and fire as he did in Phoenix. I don't necessarily believe that. I think that Damian Lillard is a great leader. He's squeezed a lot of juice out of a bunch of guys, and I think he could really be awesome with Dame in the pick-and-roll situation. DA can do a lot more than just, you know, rim roll and play defense and grab rebounds. He can play on the perimeter. He can put the ball on the ground. And a lot of people don't know how to utilize him effectively because he's kind of a tweener, right? He's a big, like he's a skinny five, but who can also like, he's been a wing player before when he was in high school, even though he was seven feet tall or 6'11 back then, he still plays some type of way uh, that for whatever reason, players don't, or coaches don't necessarily know how to utilize. And I think Monty Williams decided you stay in the block and, uh, and just basically set screens for book and CP3. I got three names of young NBA stars that we don't necessarily talk about a whole lot, but I, I want your opinion on whose ceiling that you would most likely invest in, be that as an individual or maybe uh, as a larger piece of the puzzle for their team success. I got Josh Giddy from Oklahoma City, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis, and Evan Mobley from Cleveland. Man, I really like Josh Giddy. His court vision is insane. And I think he's just scratching the surface about what he can be. He can shoot. He can play make. He's a game changer. He automatically comes in and makes everybody around him better. And I think that the sky is really the limit in terms of how he could be. Jaron Jackson, I think, could be really, really good. But his decision-making quality is terrible. He shoots at very inopportune times. He hasn't really fixed his form. He's kind of like kind of over eager defensively, which is why he gets into foul trouble. He wants to block everything instead of just playing very clean defense, which he has the capability of doing. I just don't necessarily love some of that. 
Uh, and then in terms of Evan Mobley, man, he looks great. He still needs to kind of work on his footwork, work on his body a little bit. I think he could be one of the better bigs in the NBA in like two to three years. But he was rookie of the year for a while, like on like number one on the list for a reason robbed. until Ricky Rubio got his ACL torn. I really like that. The future is bright in Cleveland. Preach. <laughs> Preach. That's all I want to say. He's sweating over there. <laughs> I'm oh hyped. God, this is so Adrian's hot. like, talk about Evan Mobley. What you going to say about Evan? Exactly. He got robbed of that rookie of the year. I'm glad we could all admit that here as a family anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, and we, we are going to get into this um, bigger picture-wise, me and Lindsay here later on in the show, but I guess I want you to, to set the table when it comes to the latest uh, Shams report from Kyrie, which to me is just Kyrie speaking through Shams. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we're at. For anyone who hasn't read the report, uh, the Nets and, the, and Kyrie Irving's camp are quote-unquote at an impasse in their contract extension talks. Nets want either a short-term, shorter-term deal or a deal with provisions in that said deal that says, hey, Kyrie, you have to play a certain amount of games per year in order for you to get fully paid. Kyrie's like, no, uh, I want you know a five-year max or whatever that may be, and I want to have the same timeline on my contract with Kevin Durant. And so that impasse now has led to a lot of rumors. Rumors that Kyrie could be headed elsewhere. Rumors that Kyrie could be going to the Lakers. Rumors that Kyrie could be going to the Knicks. Rumors that Kyrie could be going to a variety of places. Another one I think that I heard was the Clippers. So there's kind of much to do about nothing. To me, it's like Kyrie said very clearly he wants to stay with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and Kyrie is kind of, let's be honest, Kevin Durant followed Kyrie to the Nets. He made the decision after Kyrie did. And keeping Kevin Durant happy has got to be pretty paramount. Now, I know Josiah is not about the tomfoolery, and Kyrie is all about the tomfoolery. So what that actually ends up meaning is kind of like a mystery. I think at some point they get a deal done. Kyrie's value on the open market as a, as a free agent, an unrestricted free agent, isn't great because there's not that many places that can sign him. Here's where it gets interesting. So Kyrie can opt into his deal, opt into the last year of the deal, and then you can do a a trade with him in ways that doesn't uh, trigger the hard cap for a team. So a lot more teams can sign them. But what do the Nets do if Kyrie opts into that last year of the deal? Do they have any incentive to give Kyrie Irving what he wants in the trade talks? Mm. Could Kyrie Irving opt into his last year of his deal? thinking that's going to land him in L.A. or wherever, and then the Nets say, gotcha? I don't know. And maybe they wait to trade him to somewhere else, you know, closer to the deadline, depending on how he and Kevin Durant show up together and incentivize Kyrie Irving to play more games. There's a lot of gamesmanship going on here, and it's kind of like makes your head spin. I would guess that Kyrie Irving is a net come, you know, October. Yeah, I feel like it's like a don't blink contest, except everybody has their eyes closed because that's how they're playing. It just seems very weird to Nets, me. And the Nets have already had, like, egg on their face, yeah. you know? They would be seen right. as abject failures if he walks away. Like, you you put all this in and then it, it ended in that type of disaster. They almost have to buy into it. Everything that's happened with Harden, which mm-hmm. gave up for him, you know, what you had before Kyrie and Katie got there with Atkinson – and the culture diminishing, and, you know, I think Sean Marks' conversations about, like, listen, we want to build a good culture here, and 
some of the guys, they need to be bought into that. I think that's like a ricochet shot towards Kyrie. But, you know, ultimately Which is we don't silly. even know what they have. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what we have in Ben Simmons at this point. He's kind of a theoretical player, a theoretical asset. You know, we have no baby. idea what – yeah, we have no idea what he is. Um I dead ass forgot Ben Simmons was on the Nets until you said that, Trista. Right, I swear. For right? a second. <laughs> I totally like, just had a blink. Huh? <laughs> hey, Trista, so, what, what's your idea of how is a workout? Uh, F forty five. I'm scared to even ask what that is. F forty five. That's a forty five minute functional movement class, and they they basically it's like um, anaerobic intervals for forty five minutes. And you have to complete a certain amount of reps or a certain amount of speed drills in this tiny little sweat box. I used to go to it down the street. It was, it was hell. You said F forty five out on the mat. Sounds like like a war plane. Forty five minutes. Yeah, it was awful. I went to hot yoga and I knew it wasn't for me when my shins started sweating. I'm like, I didn't think there were glands here, but here we are. Jeez. Uh, yeah, no, everything sweats in hot yoga. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Trista, before we get you out of here, uh, I know you're involved in a lot of things, one of which being on WFAN in New York City. So I got to ask you, uh, just for clarification, it bums me out to ask, though, but, like, are the Yankees disgustingly good? And, like, do they have good pitching, too? Oh, that gross. So they have the best run differential in the league. Uh, they give up the least amount of runs in all of Major League Baseball, and they score the most amount of runs. In Major League Baseball, they have, I said this on WFAN on Saturday, because I've been poking holes in what they do all season long. People have been very mad, been like, hey, is this a, is this a team really primed for a postseason run? And when the bats go cold, their pitching is just so elite. The Aaron Boone said this after their game against, I want to say it was the Blue Jays, when they smacked the Blue Jays like a hot knife through butter. And I was like, Aaron Boone said, All five of our starters, I think that they should all legitimately be in the All-Star game. And you add Clay Holmes, who's been one of the best closers, if not the best closers in baseball, and you say to yourself, yeah, he's right. So I've I've surrendered to the universe. Uh, Like, it's like Darth Vader is going to win, and I think the Yankees are going to win it all this year. It all? I hate to hear it, Trista Crick. I hate it so much. I hate the Yankees so much. I think they're going to win it all. Yeah, I do. And also, if you guys haven't seen this kid, this is such a random comment, but he, I got the chance to watch him up close last night because for some reason the Pittsburgh Pirates were on my TV at BetMGM tonight. We had money on the game. O'Neal Cruz is maybe one of the most electric baseball players I have ever seen in my entire life. O'Neal I did Cruz. not know who he was. He's 6'7". Oh. He plays shortstop. That's the tallest <laughs> a shortstop has ever been oh my in God. baseball history. He throws the ball at 96.7 miles per hour. Oh, I saw that turn. That's the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. And <sighs> I forget how fast he can run the bases, but I want to say that was like one of the fastest in, for the year as well. Is baseball so back? Maybe. What was that? Baseball's back. I love to see this Baseball dude. Baseball is back. So here it is. In his MLB debut last night, he was the fastest throw by an infielder this season, 96.7 miles per hour. Hardest hit ball by a pirate, exit velo, 112.9 miles per hour. Fastest three sprints of the year by a pirate, 31.5 feet per second. 
That's nuts. Hit ground and hit ball hard. That sounds like that guy. I'm going to have to watch it. This gives me a reason because I saw that throw and I was like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. But now that you have also seconded that, huh? It jumps off the page, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time and consideration, Trista Crick. Always a pleasure to chat hoops and other things with you, my friend. Take the over, right, in the NHL game, Lindsay. Keep keep riding that over six, right? Probably, but I wouldn't take my uh, my advice during the Stanley Cup final because it hasn't gone so well for me so far. But you know what? Maybe <laughs> tomorrow night will be different. Thank you so much, Trista. Bye, guys. See ya. See you later. That was the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Trista Crick. Insider calls are brought to us by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. Also, be sure to listen to BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Trista Crick's analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. And on the other side of the break... Or the crypto bros crying. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, no. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Yes, I know Andrew Wiggins is from Canada. That's what makes it even more funny. Okay. God, it's one of the best bits that I've organically come up with in a while. All of these American players that are going to be drafted, they're not going to say he plays like Maple Jordan. No, 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 no. That's the next American Wiggins. (sighs) You never know. Sometimes you just need a dream and a plane ticket and a passport. That's all sports fans need in this week with the draft and the NBA. True. Plenty of hope. So these guys that are getting drafted are going to make some coin, right? You're going to make some money. Got some guaranteed money. <laughs> guaranteed keyword. You know what would, like, if I were somebody's agent, and let me tell you guys, I'm very bad with money. I'm, I'm very bad with numbers, so therefore I'm very bad with money. So I just, like, try not to spend it. That's, that's, that's how I combat that. 
if I was making millions of dollars, what I wouldn't do is say, hey, can you put some of those millions in a, f- in a new coin? What do you mean a coin? In a, in a new currency. You want these in nickels? Is that what you're trying to tell sure, me? Sure, I will take them in. I would rather take it in cash because that is something that I know is going to be around while we devalue dollars and all that other stuff too. But like the Bitcoin bros, I think are having a little bit of a, a moment right now, guys. Not a good one. A, a, a very bad meltdown. Very bad meltdown. You're trying to tell me you're, uh, you have family down in the Miami area. They have underground garages there, which Luxury cars. defies logic in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes, an underground garage so in shockingly, Florida. Yeah, shockingly, it flooded, and all the Maseratis are just floating up. All the crypto boys. Uh, crypto boys whips. Bros. The bros. Yeah, not the boys. Crypt- the bros. <laughs> the bros is whips. Luxury yeah. whips. There are several high-profile athletes that lately have converted some of their salary into Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency. If you haven't been paying attention, crypto is tanking. Much like the rest of our economy, but you know what? No stone unturned. Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. I think, has at least the worst in terms of amount lost. Try and tell you, Lindsay. $24 million he asked for crypto in his contract signing. It's current value. Uh oh. Eight point nine six million dollars. I can't trust this guy to be a good quarterback with that type of decision making. Percentage return minus sixty two point seven. I th- <sighs> even me the math not savant. I think the minus is a bad thing, right? I think so too. Mm. Plus mm. minus in life with actual money that ain't gonna work. Andre Iguodala not making his his best money of his career right now because he's older. You're on a, you're a role player on the team. $2.64 million contract that he uh, signed on the 10th of January of this year. Now $1.37 million. 48%. And, and Andre Godala, even outside of basketball, is a very, very intelligent human being. Yep. And it's crazy how not only these athletes, but these celebrities that were all over the Super Bowl, they're they were calling it Crypto Bowl. We got Jay-Z open up crypto schools in <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, all these different all these different celebrities. Because that's Matt how Damon. we help out the community is to get them swindled into this stuff. Yeah, Matt Damon and all these different actors and actresses. Right. And there's nobody that said, hey. And this isn't to like flip say side. that cryptocurrency isn't a bad idea but the problem is is that when everybody else thinks starts to think that it's a bad idea it becomes a bad idea it's also a that's recession economics too. correct yeah, it's a recession right but what happens when people start getting nervous about their money they take the money out mm-hmm. and then what happens the value depletes and depletes and then it crashes uh trevor lawrence wasn't even the worst but there's this guy who plays an mls i'm gonna try to say his name and i'm really sorry i'm probably gonna butcher it a funny niachi achara Signed one that's oh it's only for thirty thousand dollars. How is he at the top of this thing? And now it's worth only eleven thousand. He's got nothing. You put eleven thousand in, who cares? You're putting millions. I'll take it. Whatevs. More sports and other things. Less crypto though. On the other side of the break, one for the bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.